Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Elizabeth Rosenberg, who is the founder of The Good Advice Company, a marketing and communications consultancy that coaches agencies, brands, and C-suite leaders on global messaging strategies, brand positioning, and thought leadership. Elizabeth is the embodiment of a true new era global PR and marketing executive, standing for resourcefulness, creativity, and effectiveness in a time fueled by hate and social and cultural awareness. An entrepreneur at her core, Elizabeth's true passion lies in working with new or reimagined cutting-edge brands that are bringing consumers products and tools that make life more enjoyable, accessible, and healthy. That sounds really exciting, Elizabeth. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's, it's always so funny when someone reads back your bio. I always think you should get that feeling of like, yes, I want to work with that person. And did you get that feeling? I do. But, you know, I, it's also funny. I didn't write it. I think that the hardest thing a PR person can ever do is write their own bio and kind of uncover their own story. So I actually worked with somebody to help me help me nail that down, too. Which I think is a good thing to do to get help from the outside and not do it all by yourself. And I think it's a very good entry point into our topic of today because we will speak about how to build a personal brand in 2023. And when I hear personal brand, and I'm working also a lot with corporate branding and with companies to help them with their corporate communication, corporate brands, personal brands, both when I see them, usually they are made to create a perception from the outside, to make people believe who you want them to see in you, actually, instead of just having a brand that shows who you truly are, be it as a company or be it as a human being. Today, we will look into the human being piece, and I'm pretty interested how you see that when it comes to personal branding in times of social media as well, where everything needs to be shiny and glossy and perfect and beautiful. Yeah, personal branding is very personal, and I think that's the thing that people actually like take out of the process. I only work with clients that I think want to make an impact in the world versus want to be famous. If somebody comes to me and says, my goal is to be famous, I then ask them why. What is the driver behind that? Why are you wanting to have that kind of elevation of your personal brand? If someone says it's because I want to make an impact, then I know that's the type of person that I want to be working with. And the best personal brands in the world are the ones that are most authentic, are the ones that tie together that personal story, that tie together that one piece that's relatable to a really niche audience. And that's your audience. And those are the people that you're trying to impact and kind of make an influence on in the world. I think about that a lot of the time in terms of corporate brands, kind of exactly what you were talking about. There's some that I think are much better at coming across with authenticity and standing in their brand values than others. But when we have capitalism and I think heightened social anxiety and everything that's going on in the world, it does make it a lot harder. So the biggest question that I get from a lot of my clients is how do I be my authentic self and still be an executive at this company 
and still try to be the embodiment of of my own company or my solopreneurship and what I'm doing. And that's kind of where the process starts is is uncovering what your story is and why it ladders up to everything else that you're doing in your career. Mm. So it's more of a personal journey, you would say. It's built really from the inside out instead of from the outside in versus, you know, I have a goal. I want to be looked at like this, be perceived like this. You go into yourself instead and you look into who you truly are, what your vulnerabilities are, what your values are, what your strengths are. Is that the approach? That's how I go about it. And what I say to all my clients too is everything that I am doing for them, I have done for myself. So part of my own personal branding journey, I quit my job on March 2nd of 2020. So literally like a week before the world closed down and was on my own journey of what my new business was going to look like, what my role was in the world, what was bringing me joy, what wasn't. And in 2021, as the world I just felt around me was burning out, I finally told my own burnout story. And I was a corporate leader who experienced severe corporate burnout. I landed myself in the hospital with a migraine where I lost all my motor skills and finally wrote it all out. My story ran as an op-ed in Business Insider globally. And that was the beginning of my own personal branding journey. My fear was that everyone was going to think I was weak. No one's going to want to work with me. You know, she's going to burn out if we ever work with her again. She's unreliable. The feedback that I got was, oh my God, this is me. Thank you so much for sharing this. I was able to share this with my boss. I didn't realize this is what was happening to me. And I got this kind of onslaught of support in this community of other people who'd burn out that I didn't even realize was there. And that became kind of the foundation of my own personal brand. I started talking about the subject. I became kind of a an expert on burnout, which is different because I think when you talk about burnout, a lot of people bring in doctors and mental health facilitators. And I was just a regular old person who had experienced burnout like everybody else. And then I started doing podcasts and then I started writing more. And I realized that I was becoming a thought leader in this space. And I was able to kind of, again, tie this up to my company name, The Good Advice Company, and give advice about how to combat and kind of come back from a burnout experience. That was the aha moment for me, where I realized that if you can tell an authentic story and you are comfortable with that being vulnerable, right, and and really sharing that with the world, you will receive such amazing response in return. And it has completely changed my business. It has changed the way that I show up. And it's brought me joy because I know that I'm actually helping people. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very strong story. And it's actually really about how you turn hardship into an opportunity instead of suffering from it, staying in the victim position or hiding it and putting a lot of energy into hiding it and into somehow becoming a glossy person without any story behind behind you. That's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. And part of what 2020 through 2023 has been fascinating with is that PR has changed so drastically in the last three years. I think jobs are turning over much more quickly. So when you're using LinkedIn as a personal branding platform, 
and you're out there talking about the company that you work for versus why you work for that company or any kind of, of values that you have that align with your job. You're kind of doing their PR. You're not doing anything to help your own brand. So I really stress to anyone listening who's thinking about building their brand is what is important to me? And what values do I stand for that it didn't matter what company I worked for, I would want to talk about those things? Is it sustainability? Is it mental health and wellness? There's so many options, right? Once you find that kind of anchor, build your brand around that. And it shouldn't change. It shouldn't really be something that you need to kind of revisit all the time. Your brand does pivot. So mine has really gone from, I talked about burnout a lot to now I talk a lot about purpose. And I talk a lot about why purpose is important, how to find your purpose, that purpose is always so much bigger than I think we think it is, and how to embody that in your day-to-day life as we're going forward. So yeah, personal branding, it's it's so funny because I think that people think that it is just this idea of being an influencer and that you're on social media and you have this brand and you're this big personality and that's what it is. And You don't have to have a million followers to have a personal brand. You should be able to not be in the room and have everybody talk about you and know the type of person that you are. And your brand should be able to be in that room without you actually being there. That's a good example. And I think personal branding is so much bigger and smaller at the same time because it is just about being seen as the person you truly are at work. If you're, for example, working in a corporate organization, you're striving for the next leadership position, you can quickly slip into the trap that you want to show off as someone else, or you start copying people who are higher up in the hierarchy or more successful than you are. Instead of following your own path and being very clear about who you truly are, what your values are, what are your your non-negotiables, basically, which you don't want to trade for anything. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm so glad we're on the same page. Yeah, I think so. And you say that there's a difference. I've seen that you say there's life purpose. There's a distinction between life purpose versus work purpose. As you say that building your brand has to come from your purpose. It makes sense and and to keep that purpose and that purpose is important. Now, purpose is a big topic as such because many people say, I don't have one. I have no clue how I can find one and so on and so forth. So let's look a little bit into this. Life purpose versus work purpose. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I've kind of come to the conclusion that they all are one thing. And I say that because work is just what we do. It's not who we are. Like, I don't necessarily think that they should be different. Now, when you're uncovering your purpose, it is the hardest thing to do. It's not like you can just wake up one day and be like, oh, here's my purpose. And there's a lot of people who are very, very successful in their careers, who love their job, but just don't know why they're in it anymore. They don't, they feel very rudderless. They feel very purposeless. So one of the exercises that I like to think about and something that I recommend everybody to do is think about what brings me joy? Where can I make an impact or what impact can I make? And then what makes me money? There's this beautiful Venn diagram that if you can really nail down that center piece of, again, what brings me joy? What makes me money? How can I make an impact? Your purpose lays somewhere in there. And it can be, again, something as easy as I want to, you know, bring joy to the people around me. 
I want to make the world a better place than I left it. I want to help with healthcare equity throughout the world. I want to help sustainability. When you can really focus on something that you love that also makes you money, there's a beautiful kind of synergy that happens because then you're in that place of joy. And when you're in that place, you normally make more money because you're like, oh my God, I actually really like my job. So for me, my purpose has a lot to do with helping those around me. And I get so much joy out of doing the comms part that I really, really love to do and that I know that I'm good at. And then also tying in together the spiritual journey that I've been on and my ability to help others uncover their own purpose. And for the first time in my career, I'm like, oh my God, I really love my job. Like I, I get to work with people and I get to see a significant difference in that work that I'm doing with them. And it's like my purpose is is pretty simple in many ways, but it's very impactful in many ways. Like I, I remember... One of the uh, another aha moment for me was I was reading an obituary of a friend who had passed away during the pandemic. And it was reading like a resume. And I thought back and I was like, why is this reading like of all of the things that he had done at work? Like, why this is nothing about him. And then I realized, oh, when you go into LinkedIn, all of the bios just read about what you do, not who you are and what your accomplishments are. Now, we have all as a society agreed that LinkedIn is a social media platform for business. So I totally get it. But I also think that we need to reimagine what bios look like and what our introductions look like. So they're much more about who you are versus what you do. And it's a very American thing, I want to say too. Like in America, the very first thing that you ask somebody is, oh, where do you work and what do you do? Like it is a validator. I've always loved being at like our European offices because they don't really care about that. <laughs> it's much more like they always ask such amazing questions. It's like, oh, what do you do for fun? Or tell me about your family or where do you live? Or there's just so many more insightful questions about the type of person you are. So it's a very American thing to be defined by your career. It's certainly more like that. But I can still see it in Europe. When people see that you have a nice house or a nice car, then this question is immediately the one. And it kind of yeah. puts you into a box where you are. And you believe that this is the box where you are. What you said before, I couldn't agree more. You know, you said it's not about what you do, but it's who you are. When I do communication trainings, for example, everybody thinks it's about the doing, doing, doing. How do I communicate? What do I say? How do I shape my key messages? And, and all of that. How do I present in a more engaging way? Whatever, whatever. Tons of things. But it's about the being, actually. And we totally forget that. When we come to a corporate brand, it's also about what I'm doing, you know, it's my role and this becomes my identity, which is absolutely not true because it's more around the being and the being includes such scary things like emotions. And I think coming back to that and embracing the full self instead of just cherry picking the nice little things of which we think that this fits or ticks the boxes of the expectation. Yeah or hierarchy of any stakeholders or decision makers who can help us to make a great career. That's the difference of a personal brand that is authentic and that is courageous as well yeah. to show your true self versus a personal brand that is just, well, fake, basically. It's optimized in every corner, but it, it's not compelling, right? Right. But the reality is it's so much easier to be that fake brand than it is to be the authentic one. 
The authentic one is scary because you are coming at people with your true self. And what if you are not accepted as that true self? Being accepted as that fake brand that we've all gotten very good at over the last few years, especially, you know, we are a generation that in our adulthood has had social media and we have really learned how to use it to the best of our ability. It's not as scary to do that because you're like, okay, well, if somebody doesn't like the fake version of me, I'll just make a new fake version of me. If somebody doesn't like the real version of you. That's a lot to handle. That's kind of scary. And I tell all my clients this too. It's like your personal brand is on your own timeline. I, I love this idea of story mining and again, helping people uncover what their personal brand is, because that's the other thing is a lot of people think that their story is not interesting. No one cares about this part of me. The world only cares about this part of me. When the reality is, no, the world actually would think that that story that you don't think is interesting is the thing that is actually making you, you know, you. That's the thing that everybody wants to hear about. So, but then trying to talk people into getting comfortable telling that story is a lot. So be on your own timeline. It You don't have to do this tomorrow, but when you do it, I have to tell you, it is like, a, it is a new world for you. You're so much more comfortable in your skin and you don't ever have to worry that you're going to mess up your messaging. You're not, it's your messaging. How can you possibly mess it up? It's your story. It's not like those corporate clients that, clients that we work with that you have key messages and you're like, if you don't say this right, this is going to affect money markets. This is going to, this is this this story is not going to go well. Your personal brand is a very different comms plan. What if I feel that my personal brand doesn't fit into the organization I'm working for and where I have the feeling I will be put aside because they will not see me as a future talent anymore? The coach in me wants to tell you, like, go to a place where you can be your authentic self, Right. But we are also in a uncertain financial future of the working world at the moment. That is where you start to, I think, baby step your personal brand. Again, I don't recommend you just like throw it all out there and see what happens. When you are working for a company and you are considered on behalf of that company, you have to be a little more cautious about what you're sharing, when you're sharing. I tell everybody, like, start practicing it in your personal life. But also your values, the the things that are most important to you, your employer should be really proud of. You shouldn't have to hide those, whether it's you're telling, you know, when you start telling your own personal story and you're doing all that and you're kind of making a, a brand for yourself. Again, it depends on your own risk tolerance, right, of what you decide you want to do and what you don't want to do. But I definitely think baby step bringing your authentic self to work. Because the reality is we can't bring our full selves to work. If you are an HR person, a PR person, a, you know, legal, whatever, you're in that like risk adverse job title, you're not bringing your party self to the party. So you also have to kind of know how much of yourself to work in the environment that you're in. Yeah, and to be more open also about the parts which you might be holding back. There are certainly other things which you can share and which we don't share because yes. we have to hide that and maintain this, this facade that we have built up so carefully over the years. Now, it's a tricky job, but I would like to hear from you. And I think that's interesting for the audience because now I think, oh, how can I do that? And you said baby steps. Yeah. What could be the very first thing? What can I do? What's the first thing? 
The easiest thing that I can tell you is to take your company header and you're like the masthead off of your personal LinkedIn page. So like as a corporate PR person, I sent out the logo to the company, to everybody in the company and said, put this on as your masthead. You work at this company, brand the company on your personal LinkedIn page. Now working for individuals, do not do that. I'm telling you, like, put something up that is indicative of who you are. Is it rainbows? Is it um, a waterfall? Is it a cityscape? Like, put something up that feels like you. Did you design something? Are you a designer? Do something interesting. Have a headshot that feels like you. And then the other thing, and again, I'm focusing on LinkedIn because that is the best place I believe to build a corporate personal brand, is to start following things that are of importance. So on LinkedIn, you can follow hashtags. So follow the subjects that are of importance to you and start following those things and start seeing how other people are writing about them and are commenting on them. Those are the baby steps that you can do that are not going to like completely freak out yourself and, and your company to be like, oh, they're getting a little loud on LinkedIn. Like what's going on over there? So start engaging in the things that you find interesting. And the other thing that I wanted to say too is posting on LinkedIn or posting anywhere can actually be quite scary. I think there's a lot of like angst around that. The way that you can kind of combat that too is to stick to like three topics. Just because you're a thought leader doesn't mean we need to hear your thoughts on everything. Do not just post to post. Be quite thoughtful about what you're doing and really stick to three topics. Do not veer from those. Hold yourself back. Yeah, that's the basic rules of brand development, which people who work for PR or corporate communications know about, but many people are not aware of that, that a brand actually needs to be consistent. That's super important. And consistency comes with limiting yourself in that way, in a positive way, to specific topic areas that people understand what is truly important for you. What's your core? And the core is your personal brand. And Understanding that instead of thinking a personal brand is my image to the outside world, I think that is the difference. My personal brand is actually who I am and it's my core and I show that core in a consistent way to the outside world. Don't just be this person and this brand online. Be this person in life and think about what you want your legacy to be. Do it when it makes sense for you, but put your toe in the water. And really start becoming comfortable with different groups of where you truly can be your authentic self. And once you see the response on it, you're going to start wanting to do it with everyone. Yeah, it's really about getting out there with your true message, with your true self, taking the risk. And I always ask my clients, do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? And I think that's the difference. You need to move away from wanting to be liked. It's, but be respected for who you are, even by people who might not like you, because everybody will respect a true self because it takes this courage and it takes this position and this energy. And I think that's, that's magic. <laughs> it's just great. I love that. First of all, respected or liked. I think that's, yes. And I love your take on all of that because I couldn't agree more. Our careers are quite similar. And if we've had a lot of it's kind of the same corporate experience too, which I love. And the fact that it now kind of ladders up to personal branding is fascinating. One other thing that I was going to say is if you are really at the start of wanting personal development and really wanting to work on that authentic version of you, I can't recommend coaching enough. 
executive coaching, leadership coaching. It is an investment, but it's also something you can negotiate into a lot of your contracts with corporate companies and being able to really hone in what kind of leader you are by the type of person that you are. That work allowed me to really not only uncover my authentic self, but be comfortable as that person and be a way better leader and a, and a business owner. So I can't recommend coaching enough. It has been pivotal in my personal and career journey. And it's about having someone who mirrors what you're saying, because you can read as many books as you want. I was one of these persons reading tons of books and knowing all the theory, but applying it, living it, really understanding how much you still push away many things that you actually know, but which you do not apply because it's not in your comfort zone. You're avoiding the pain to do it and so on. Somebody needs to tell you that. And the other thing, too, is to just really let go of outside validation. Be validated by the people that you love and admire and are in your community or in your circle. But all of those other people, we have to learn how to separate our worth from that validation because that's not your personal brand. That's your ego talking. That's needing that response every time that you post something, every time you do something. And the other thing about that, too, is like the algorithms are not always working for us. They work against us in a lot of ways. So on LinkedIn, you can have a post that'll get, you know, a couple hundred likes. Oh my God, I just did so well. I'm a thought leader. Look at me. My personal brand is blowing up. And then you'll do a post two days later that gets 12, that gets, you know, three. That's not about you. That's about an algorithm that's working against you. So stop validating yourself on the apps and the platforms that we're using because that's also not indicative of how you're building your brand properly. How can people find you if they want to work with you? If you want to learn more about you, how can they find you? The best place to find me is LinkedIn. I just, I love connecting and communicating with everybody there. And my company is The Good Advice Company. So it's just thegoodadvicecompany.com. And you can look me up on LinkedIn with Elizabeth Rosenberg, The Good Advice Company. And we put the links into the show notes as always. So thank you very much, Elizabeth. It was a true joy to speak to you and I hope you stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.